peace on earth and goodwill towards men. I just I think sometimes we hear that and we sing that. But the reality is peace on earth means that God is with you and uh, and goodwill towards men means that God is for you. And sometimes we have it hard as Christians for some reason to believe that God is with us and for us. And uh, God wants us to be blessed and to prosper. I'm going to do a new series in January. Uh, I'm not going to give you the title because it's too good to give you yet. And, uh, and, the t- and it's going to be all about health around 3 John where it says, Beloved, and John says this, Beloved, above all things, above all things, I wish that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And I just think we've got to clarify that God is with us and for us and he's on our side as humanity and he died to, to give us life. And it's just, I think sometimes we think that he's not really for us. I just want to, I hope somebody gets that in their heart today and leaves here knowing God is for you and uh, he's on your team and he loves you very much. Real quick, we've had some amazing things going on in this season. Yesterday, I'm so proud of our church. Come on, you guys gave gifts to over uh, 50, 60 kids yesterday and families. We've got, I think, 30 or 40 more gifts to give away. I think 90 families are going to be receiving gifts because of you, your generosity. And I'm just so proud of us and you uh, showing up and just giving your heart to to people that might not have a Christmas like you might have. And so it's an amazing, um, just privilege to be able to give and serve like that. Uh, Next week, we're having our Christmas service. Y'all ready for that? I hope y'all are inviting people. And uh, bringing your friends in. Come on, people are, are more likely to say yes to a Christmas invite. Uh, I think it's, I don't know, it's like a crazy 85 or 90% more likely at a Christmas service like that. And so we got some great things planned. I'd encourage you, we've got invites for you at our, at our connection area. Grab some invites, invite your friends. And I want to say this to you. If, if you're, this might, you know, be your, your home service. This one, the second service, this is going to be the most crowded service. And so if you are family, maybe you think about attending a first service or a third service. If you're new to our community, and you're a guest kind of and you're just hanging out today come on that's good this is your service man go where you want you're a guest uh we we kind of take the philosophy how my mom did you're a guest the first time you're here the second time you're doing laundry it's okay you know and so you're only a guest in our house once you know but we know we love you and we're so glad you're here but but it's gonna be crowded this middle service so maybe you think about a different plan for one of the other services if it works in your schedule um and just make some room for uh, people that are going to come and hear the gospel it's gonna be a great uh, Sunday. We're going to have online service the 29th. So no service here at church. You heard that, but we're shutting down just to honor the time and volunteers and the Christmas season. And we're going to have an online message and I'm going to have a little online acoustic worship. And so please check that out. I'm going to really encourage you, challenge you on, on finishing the year well, the whole day, the 29th and 30th. And, uh, and just, it's important how you finish a year uh, it determines how you start a year. Does that make sense? And so we're going to get some things in our heart going in uh, to the next year. And then in January, we're going to start uh, Pray First. That's our uh, uh, prayer and fasting initiatives in January. January 5th, we're starting Pray First. And so uh, begin to mark that on your calendar. We'll have prayer and fasting every day. Um, during that season, and then we'll have 6.30 a.m. prayer here, 6.30 to 7.30 Monday through Friday during that Pray First uh, moment and uh, Pray First initiative, and so we'd uh, love for you guys to, to be a part of that. And come on, it's important. If you, if you set your heart to focus on God, set your priority on God first, your, the blessings and promises will have some place to land on your life. All through the scriptures, when people set a priority 
on God, the blessing and promise had a place to land. If you, if you don't set your priority on God, there's no place to, to land the blessings that he wants to land in your life. So I want to encourage you, man, let's seek God and pray and fast this year. If you have your best year spiritually, you'll have your best year naturally, I promise you, with all my heart. Let's jump into the Word. We're in a series called We Are Well Able, and uh, it's going to be an amazing series. Before I do that, I want to honor somebody. Come on, how many of you love uh, Pastor Emery and his worship? Come on, he leads us in worship. He's, not the, he, he's, the, he's the head worship leader. Come on, he's a worshiper, not a performer. And I want to say this, he, he just dropped a single called Oh Holy Night on all social media platforms. And so man, go listen to it, go download it. It's, a, it's, it's an awesome little rendition of Oh Holy Night. And uh, come on, I've been giving him voice lessons and stuff so he can launch that. And uh, he, he's going to make it. He's going to make it. We are well able. Uh, this series, we've been looking at Joshua and Caleb and, and the heart of being well able. Those two said we're well able to take the land. We're, we're well able to get God's promise. And then the other 10 said we can't do it. We're not able. We're going to die in the wilderness. We're going to die in the desert. God said, well, if that's what you're saying, that's what you're going to get. And they actually died in the desert. How many know that you, can, you, you become what you consume, right? And, and what you say, you consume. You actually eat the words you say. And so the scripture that says death and life are in the power of the tongue is awesome. But the next verse we never quote, it says, and those that love it, eat the fruit thereof. What it's saying is you're consuming what you're saying and you are what you eat. And so what happened was they began to say some things and they consumed it and it became a reality in their life. So they said, we're going to die in the desert. And all of them died in the desert except those 20 years and younger. God said, you said it, you want it, it's yours. And so this is what you've got in your life. So, so now let's fast forward. Um, they are in the wilderness. They're wandering for 40 years. And now they're about to come into the promise. They've just fought a battle. They've beat the Canaanites to go into the promised land. They're ready to go. Joshua and Caleb are part of the group. Moses is still leading them. He, Moses hasn't died yet. And they're on the edge of the promise. They're so close to the promise that God gave them. They're right around the corner. And we're going to pick up in Numbers 21, verse 4. It says this. They traveled from Mount Or along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom. Somebody say, to go around. To go around Edom. But the people grew impatient on their way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, why have you brought us up into Egypt to die in the wilderness? Come on, does it sound familiar? There is no bread. There is no water. And we detest this miserable food. They're like, man, we hate this manna. Like we did, I mean, they are, they are mad. They are discouraged. One translation said, and the people became discouraged. This one says, and they became impatient on the way. And they began to take God's grace for granted. God had given them water. God had given them manna from heaven. And they're taking it for granted. So then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. This is kind of crazy. Venomous snakes among them that they got bit and many died. The people came to Moses and said, we sinned, we blew it. And so they're repenting and they're getting their heart right. And they said, Lord, please, but Moses prayed that snakes would be taken away. So Moses prayed and God took the snakes away. Verse eight, then the Lord said, make a snake and put it on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at, look at it and live. This is a sign, a foreshadowing of Jesus on a tree, on a pole, lifted up. This is a picture of, of the serpent. Uh, Jesus isn't the serpent, but he took the serpent's bite. So he hung on the pole as judgment for our sin. And if we look to him, it says, and anyone that looks at the, the anyone who's bit, bit, bitten by the snake and looks to the bronze snake will actually live. It was a very simple solution. It says, you've been bitten. You're, you're taking God's grace for granted. Look and actually live. My title for today is this. You got to go around. You got to go around. Look at somebody. Look at a couple people and say, you got to go around. 
I'm going to pray for you. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you uh, that we're on a journey and that you've given us strength and power and courage to continue to walk, to continue to believe, to continue to build, to continue to bless. Thank you that this journey is sustained by you. It's initiated by you. You are the author and finisher of our faith. You will not leave us. You will not forsake us. You're with each of us right now. And that no matter what part of the journey we're in, you're in it, giving us strength and courage to continue. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Amen. You got to go around. Uh, the story says that they're right on the edge of the promise, but they had to go around a place called Edom. They, they actually went this long route and went around. I don't know about you. I'm going to make a few confessions. I, um, I do not like, I actually despise, I detest slow traffic. Anybody, anybody get caught, caught in some slow traffic today? I heard there's some, some slow traffic out there today on 40. And uh, I... And more, I'm going to take it a little step further, and this probably isn't, isn't, I don't know, it gets a little more personal. I detest, I detest not just slow traffic, I detest slow drivers. I'm sorry, I had a few hands raised. And, and, and not, not only do I detest that, I detest something even more. I detest slow drivers in the fast lane. Fast lane. Is that you? <laughs> Like, like if you ever got behind one, they're slow and they're behind the slow driver and you're looking and they can pass and the slow driver won't pass the slow driver. You're like, you can pass. <laughs> Anybody ever passed someone turning left and went around someone going left? You're like, you, you can go, you can go, you can go. And they're waiting to go left and they got plenty of time. Like, you can go. You, and, and you just go around. Anybody just go around a left drive? That's dangerous. Don't do that. <laughs> I've done that. You like whip in front of them. They could turn into you. Anything can happen. It's ca- you don't care. You're going around. Come on. What about on the moving sidewalk at the airport and the person is standing right in the middle with two bags. You got standers on the right, walkers on the left. The sign was red. You should have looked at it. Why are you in the middle? I'm about to go around. I'm going to bump into you to let you know you didn't pick the right team. You're in the middle. Pick a team. Pick a side. I'm going to go around. I got to go around. I got to go around. We love to go around when it's convenient. We love to go around. It's exciting. Come on, we're going around. We, we all say, yeah, let's go around. Let's go around. We love to go around when it speeds up life. We love to go around when it is convenient, when we see the obvious benefits of it. But what happens when God puts a detour and a delay in our way that makes us have to go around? How do we respond when there's a delay in our path and when God says, there's some things I need to detour in your life. How do we respond when God begins to put a detour? You ever been on a detour? You see the detour sign? Some of you hit the detour today on 40 because something turned over downtown. And you go through a detour and it's like, you don't know. And you get, oh, and all of a sudden the frustration hits and the discouragement hits. And you're like, man, okay, I don't even know how. And you begin to look at the signs. And you're like, where is this leading? And you go, and the detour's not marked well. And they have signs like, like five miles apart. And you're like, where's the next orange sign in the middle of this neighborhood that I'm not familiar with? Anybody? You're like, where am I? And you're just like, oh, no, I'm going to get out of here. You know your day is over. You've just lost an hour. You're on a detour. And then you don't know where it's going to spit you out at. And you're like, where am I going to end up at the end of this detour? Some of y'all are in a detour moment right now in your life. Some of you are in detour. Some, some of all of 2019 was a detour moment. Come on, anybody been in a detour for a year? Some of you feel like a whole delay was, was the, the entire 19 was a, a delay, a detour, and you're getting frustrated, and you're going, God, I don't even know where I'm going, and I don't even know how to get back to the main road, and I'm, I'm frustrated, and i got to go around. Why are you making me go around all this, God? Like, I wish I just could have taken the straight route, and I just don't understand, and I'm frustrated. God, are you even leading me? And God, I don't know. 
Where's the spit me out at, God? I'm going to 2020 and I'm believing it's going to be a good year, but I don't even know when I get out of this detour if I'm going to be able to find my way next year. You need to write this down. Detours are frustrating, but eventually lead to freedom if you'll keep following God. It's frustrating to get in a detour. It's frustrating to have a delay. That's what's happening with these people. God's kids now, they're so close to the promise. 40 years they've been wandering. They're looking at the promised land. And God says, you've got to go around Edom. They get ticked off. They get frustrated. They get discouraged. They get impatient because now they're so close, but they've got to do this detour the long way. And they're like, God, why do we have to do this? And they begin to grumble against the grace of God through frustration. Some of you are at that place right now where you're, you're tempted to get frustrated and bitterness in your heart. And you're like, man, I'm just starting to grumble against his grace. And you might not even know it, but you're like, you're just taking the grace for granted. There's so many good things in your life, but you can only see the delay and you can only see the detour right now. I get it. I understand. It's a frustrating season. I, I did a wedding uh, for a good friend of mine, Terry Bullman. I don't know, some of you might know him. We, my wife and I uh, flew to Costa Rica. Come on, suffering for Jesus in Costa Rica. <laughs> Over Thanksgiving weekend, my kids are like, where are y'all going? We're like, out, we out. <laughs> and uh, they flew us to Costa Rica to do a wedding. Everybody asked me if they'll do any more weddings. I ended on that wedding. Just so y'all know, I'm de- I'm, that's, my last, that's the last wedding. We've got great staff and great team. They're going to do weddings. But my last wedding is going to be remembered, remembered in Costa Rica, somebody. And, uh, and so we flew over there. And it's, it was a little scary. Like we, I'm not, Terry is like a martial arts expert, trained Jason Bourne, kill you with his pinky finger, you know. He can fly and drop into nations without, without any worry. My wife and I showed up into Liberia, Costa Rica, never been there. We start to, to, to drive. It's a, it's a two and a half hour drive to this little town called Nosara. It's an hour on a road and then, and then about two, and a half, uh, two hours uh, actually through the jungle. And so it turns dark. Come on, Jake, you guys were there. Y'all know. And so it turns dark, right? We never had driven this road. Terry's been there uh, a bunch of times. He's like, hey, don't worry. Just follow ways. I'm like, we in the jungle, bro. Just follow ways. Uh, And so I'm like, all right. So we start following. And we turn to go into the jungle, the the very off the paved road into this, into the dirt. I mean, like potholes is turning dark. Potholes the size of the car. Little mopeds everywhere with no lights, flashlights. The person on the back's holding a flashlight. (laughs) In and out, going through jungle, there's little small villages and all this. And and you're just like, I don't even know where we are. My wife, I'm like, baby, this is scary. She's like, we don't don't know. We're like, we're going to make it. I promise. We're driving just two of us in the car, hitting these bumps, little one lane traffic bridges that we don't know the rules of the road. It's like a yield sign on this side. And that means you've got to stop because stuff's coming through this way and then the next one it's the yield side on the other side there's no random reason why the yield sign on which side it's supposed to be on so you pull on to it and there's other cars coming and you're stuck and mopeds are ripping around you I'm like I don't know whose turn it is <laughs> we almost get there we'll start four-wheel driving it man up this mountain and you think you're never gonna I'm like we're never gonna get there I don't all of a sudden I take a turn and my ways app says rerouting <laughs> bro do you, do you know there's nothing scarier than a rerouting message in the middle of the night in the jungle? There's, you never, I mean, I'm like, I look at my wife at one point. I'm like, babe, and we keep driving. There's nothing. We keep driving. There's nothing. We're going up hills and through little villages. It's pitch black. We're hitting, the wheels are falling off the car. We're hitting potholes. I'm like, I, I looked at her. I said, we could die, babe. I told her, I said, at one point, I said, we could die. I was like, oh, I love you. And then at one point, I was like, I don't even know if there's any, I don't know where we are. 
I don't even know if there's anything at the top. I don't even know, babe. I don't know what's up here. I don't even think there's something. I'm not sure. This might be a joke. They might be getting us out here in the jungle to do something to us. But the only reason I kept in the journey, because I had a friend at the top of that thing that told me, gave me his word that there was something beautiful at the end of the road. The only reason I kept driving and stayed in the game, the only reason I kept faith and kept heart in the middle of the rerouting and detour and delay and all the treacherous journey was because I had a buddy at the top that gave, he wasn't even in the car with me. And I want you to see the picture. If I had to quit, look at the picture of what was at the top of this thing. Come on, somebody. (laughs) You saw it. If I had stopped, if I had quit, if I had backed out, if we had lost faith in my friend at the top, we would have never seen the beauty at the end of the road. Many of you are in the, in the car, you're on the journey, you're driving through a jungle route called life, and you're like, God, are you even in the car? Like, are you even here? No, he's not in the car necessarily, but he's left you his word, he's left you his promise, he's left you courage so that you can keep driving to the end of this thing. And if you will follow his word, even though there's frustration, I promise it leads to freedom if you'll keep following his word. If you'll keep following his ways, if you'll keep following God, if you'll keep listening to God, I don't know why you're in that journey. I don't know why you're in the detour. I don't know what you're having to go around in this season, but I promise you the promise is right around the corner. Frustration leads to freedom if you'll keep following God. I know for me, with following God, it's not hard to believe his promise. It's not hard to believe his word. I, I, I'm a man of faith. It's not hard for us. I, I don't think it's hard to believe that he's omniscient and all-powerful and all-present. It's not, it's not hard to believe that his word is infallible. It's not hard to believe that stuff. It's not hard to believe his power. We've seen his miracles. I think the hardest part for us as Christians, for me anyway, is not to trust his promise, but it's to trust his timing. I trust his truth all the time, but I don't trust his timing so often. I think we, we love to go around when it's convenient, but when the timing of God isn't in our timetable, we begin to think he's late or he's delayed or what's wrong, God, or why have you come through? And we begin to think things like God is late. You know, God cannot be late. He's outside of time. And every delay you're in, there's no late word in God's vocabulary. Every delay you're in is actually God designed and God ordained to begin to put into you and build into you and strengthen your faith and increase you and build character and deposit some things inside of you so you can begin to trust him and his word on the journey that you're in. That's why it's a faith walk. That's why we're having to learn to communicate and hear the Holy Spirit and and believe God. Write this down. Delay is designed to prepare you for destiny. Every delay that you go through is it's not a denial. Delay is not a denial. Some of you have been in a d- delay for 2019. It is not God denying you his promise. It's a design for destiny. It's a design to put some things in you, some, some deposits into you of character and life and the love of God and trust. And, and maybe you need some more strength. Maybe you need a little more faith. Maybe you need a little more relational equity. I don't know what God's building into you. Maybe you need a little more humility. Come on, somebody. Maybe we need to walk in a little more humility. Maybe God's working that through the delay. I don't know. But, but I think sometimes we've got to guard our heart. Hear me. I have to and you have to guard your heart against bitterness and against discouragement when you begin to hit a detour or a season of delay. If we don't, if we don't allow to, to guard ourselves that way, then we'll end up getting off path and off track. Write the second thought down. Delay is designed to magnify God's miracles. Every delay you're facing right now, Every delay you've been through is designed to magnify the miracles of God. Think about Sarah and Abraham. Come on, they got a promise from God they're going to have a child, Isaac, promised son. 
delay after delay after decade after decade after delay after delay after decade after decade. Think about this. If they had had the child in the 30s or in the 40s, I mean, come on, it wouldn't. The delay was set up to magnify the miraculous birth of the child. The delay in your life, God is setting up to, to, to magnify the miraculous birth of whatever he wants to do in your life. 30, 40, 50, that would have been normal. They would have had a child. That could have happened. 60 to 70 would have just been weird. <laughs> Some of y'all got that. 90 to 100 is past weird, and it's just miraculous. Come on. Come on. Some of y'all, the things you're praying for God to do in your life, if he did them right now, it'd just be weird. Some of you, the things you're praying for God to do in your life, everybody would just give credit to the natural. Oh, yeah, they worked hard. Oh, yeah, they're a hard worker. Oh, oh yeah, they're dedicated. Yeah, that's natural. That's good. It's good to be a hard worker. It's good to be dedicated. But, but, but the delay is, is designed to give the miraculous glory to God's miraculous power. That's why you're in a delay. I think that God wants to come through. I'm asking you, just wait and believe that he's working while you wait. Think about Israel, 430 years in captivity in Egypt, in a prosperous nation to allow their uh, group of 70. They went in group of 70, a little family, Jacob's family, remember it? 70 people, they came out 3 million. Come on, in the middle of mistreatment, they multiplied. God sent me to tell some of you today, the mistreatment in your life that you think is making you miserable is actually multiplication. The thing that you've been saying, man, I'm just miserable in this mistreatment. God's saying, I want to use it to multiply you. People all through the scriptures, when they were mistreated, they multiplied. Kill one Christian, three pop up. Come on, kill Paul, stone him, he goes back in, makes more converts. I think sometimes we get miserable when God's saying, I want to multiply you. I want to multiply your faith. I want to multiply your strength. I want to multiply your vision. I want to multiply you. Allow mistreatment to bring multiplication in your life. Growing up, um, I bought into, uh, uh, anybody get those catalogs that you could buy, like, you know, little novelty toys and gifts, like, like not the type you're, you guys are thinking, hold on somebody. Uh, no, like, like prank gifts and stuff like the itching powder and, and, and any, any sea monkey people in here? Come on. Yeah. I'm, I'm, age, I'm dating myself right now. Some of y'all, if y'all don't know about sea monkeys, y'all, y'all missing a whole era of, of humanity. Okay. Sea monkeys where they sold them in catalogs as these novelty gifts. And they were these little, this little powder in a bag or little thing. And the commercials about this little powder, if you added water, just add water, just add water. And like these little things came alive. Like they became stinking mermaids flipping out of the water, being your best friend, like having conversation. It was like, woohoo, I bought in. Come on, I'm a big faith guy. I bought, I want one of them mermaid friends. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, that is cool. Sea monkeys. And people were bit, friends were buying them. You just add water. I bought them. You get the little packet. You get the little water out. You pour the, you pour the little dust into the water. Man, you, I don't, anybody ever see one? You got to get a microscope out. It's like there's some protozoan right there. You, you know, there's some amoebas. There ain't nothing. I mean, maybe there's something moving around in the water. I'm like, yeah, there's my sea monkeys. This is, this is what you need. You need some sea monkey faith. Where you believe that if you just add water, just add water, just add the water of God's word to the dust of your life and the dust of your misery and the dust of your situation, that you're actually going to see something come to life. Look at somebody say, just add water. Look at five people and say, just add water. 
Come on, add the water of God's word to the dust of your life and stuff starts coming alive. Believe God that you're going to see him and watch him work if you'd add the water of his word in the midst of your situation. Here's some things to guard for. Is this helping anybody today? Here's some stuff to guard for during a detour or a delay. James 1, 3 through 4 says this, knowing this, that the testing of your faith worketh patience and patience must finish its work. Some, some of y'all are so impatient right now, but it's got to finish its work. Patience must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. The very first thought, don't settle for a substitute. Guard against a substitute. When you're, when you're beginning to be tested or you're in a delay or you're in a detour, do not settle for a substitute. Just don't do it. It's like when you go out to a restaurant and you say, I'll have a Coke, please. And they say, we have Pepsi products. You say, I'll have tea. I'll take tea. Sorry for all you Pepsi fans. It's a subst- it ain't the real thing. It's not Jesus. I want the real thing. I want the real thing. I want the real thing. I don't want to settle for a substitute. I'm not going to settle. That's like trying to pretend and play that Popeye's is Chick-fil-A. It ain't my pleasure. It's Popeye's. I want some Chick-fil-A, somebody. Come on, Chris. Chris looked at me first service. He's like, uh-uh, Popeye's all day long. No, no, it ain't my pleasure. It ain't the real thing. It's a substitute. I don't want to, su- I want God. I don't want a substitute. Come on, when you get tired, when you get tempted, when you're in a delay, do not settle for a substitute. Nothing good comes to those that lose patience with God. Amen. Nothing. Amen. I know it's tough. I know it's not easy. Come on, no, I'm not going to settle for that hookup. I'm waiting for my wife. I'm not going to settle for that dude that treats me wrong. I'm waiting for my husband. I'm not going to settle to cheat to get promoted. I'm waiting for God to promote me. I'm not going to settle to get it that way. I'm not going to settle to do it. I'm not going to settle for a substitute with no nutrition. It might be filling for a moment, but it's going to leave me without life. I need God. I need Jesus. I'm not, I need God. Don't settle for a sub. Everything's going to come at you to try to throw a substitute in the middle of your detour, in the middle of your delay. The devil's going to throw substitutes your way. They're going to look good. They're going to look shiny. Do not settle. You know what God's promised you. Number two, don't listen to the doubters. In every single season of detour, the devil's going to send doubters. I call them vision vampires. Another pastor I know calls them vision vampires. You know what vision vampires do? suck the life out of your dreams. Can I talk to y'all real today? That's what every, every time you're in a detour, vision vampires are going to come and try to pull the life out of your dreams. My little daughter, I don't know if she's in here, Anna. Is Anna in here? It's my little daughter, Anna, right here. She's 12. She's got a dream. She's got a dream to, to raise horses. She wants to raise them, breed them, race them, sell them, all this stuff with horses, train them. And, and I'm like, that's a, every night we're praying about it. I'm like, I believe in your dream, babe. I believe in your dream. We're, I'm with you with your dream. I'm like, can we do some equine medicine to start it out? You know, can we do a little veterinarian stuff? Like, let's go that route, maybe. She, I was like, we'll build some money up. She's like, no, daddy. But now she has a heart for equine medicine because, you know, we've been praying about it. I'm like, good. And she wants to do all. She's like, that's going to help me know how to take care of my horses. I'm like, come on, we're going to believe God. And you're gonna, she's like, I'm going to need a lot of money. I'm like, we're going to be a book. We're gonna, you're going to be a billionaire. Oh, Jesus, send a man. <laughs> <laughs> she's over there going, I don't need no man. It's 2019, somebody. That's what she tells me. That's what she tells me now all the time. She's like, it's 2019, daddy. Come on. Like we send a, 
Send a man. His name is Jesus. Pour out blessing. You know, equine money. And uh, someone of our family was staying with my kids while we were in Costa Rica. And my daughter was telling the dream to them. And they were like, oh, wow. And she kept telling the dream. And they're like, oh, wow. And they said, well, you know, Anna, you're going to need a lot of money. And Anna said, yeah, I'm going to be a billionaire. I'm going to have a lot of money for this. And that person said, that's impractical, Anna. That's not practical. Come on, let's think straight. Let's, let's, don't, let's don't think like that. And they began to pull the, the life out of her dream. I got home. I said, how was the, your time? You know, the first thing she told me was, she said, I really don't want to hang out with them any, anymore. They try to kill my dreams, Dad. You need to determine not to hang around people that want to kill your dreams. You need, you need to make a decision, man. I'm not going to. I, I, I love you, but it's going to be from a distance, somebody. I, I, I love you, but you're not going to pull the life out of my dream and out of my purpose and out of what God's spoken to me. Let me let, you need to write this down. It's not on the screen. Practicality kills the promises of God. Well, we're just practical. No, practicality is killing the promises of God in your life because the promises of God are not practical. The promises of God are peculiar, are particular, are powerful, but they're not practical. And the practicality that you're believing for is, is fine. There's, it's good to be a practical person, but when it comes to God's promise, it is not practical. He raised his kid from the dead. He can do the same in your life. Y'all with me today? Don't listen to the doubters. Next one, don't look at the difficulties. Stop looking at all the problems. Stop looking. Look at the promise. Stop looking at what you can't do and start looking at what God can do. Start looking at what God can do. He's the one that promised you the land anyway. He's the one that can remove barriers, remove walls, conquer giants, take down enemies. Come on, look. We have a staff core value. It's called point positive. Point positive. Point po- I learned it from a whitewater rafting guide. <laughs> and I thought it, it stuck with me enough. He said, if you fall out of the boat and you're about to die, he said, where I point is where I want you to swim, not what I want you to get away from. I will never point negative. I'll never point at the danger. I'll never point and say, don't go there. I'll always point to where I want you to go. So that if you're in your life-threatening situation, when you see me point, you'll know that's the place to swim to. God points positive in your life. He's not, when you're drowning and you're trying to figure out the detour and the direction and the problem, God's saying, this is where I want you to swim. This is where I want you to land. This is what I promised you. So many of you are trying to get air that you keep looking at the difficulty and the giant and the problem. And God's saying, I wish you would just look positive and point. And I'm not talking about positive thinking. I mean, that's good. That's positive. That's positively good. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about looking at what God has said to you and what God has promised to you and begin to believe him. The enemy is defeated and God wants you to see his promise. The last one, don't let delay lead to discouragement. I know that when I hit a detour, I get very frustrated. I know when it comes to me, I have easy time believing the promises of God, but hard time believing the timing and trusting the timing of God. And I'd ask you, don't let delay lead to discouragement. This is what the scripture says. Then they journeyed from Mount Or by the way of the Red Sea to go around, to go around, to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged. God just sent me here to encourage you today. Like the delay is actually designed. And some of you are very discouraged and you're allowing the enemy to discourage you. And here's what the enemy does. The Bible goes on to say, and they spoke against God and against Moses and said, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? And there's no bread and there's no water. And there, this is food we detest. Discouragement takes for granted 
the grace of God. Many of you have been bitten by discouragement and now God's grace, all the goodness around you and all the glory of God and all the blessings in your life. You're going, I don't even know what this matters or what this means. And you're taking for granted God's grace. What happens next? Serpents come and bite them all. Do you know why Satan wants to discourage you? Not just to take courage out of you. Discouragement means to remove courage. It's not, it's not just to remove courage from your life. It's actually to get you bitter at God. He uses discouragement to get you bitter at God because Satan knows this. Every time you get bitter at God, you get bitten by your own bitterness. The snakes came and their own bitterness bit them. And the only answer was to look to the cross, look to the serpent, look to Jesus, look to the king. And that's the same answer for you today. If you've been bitten by discouragement and bitten by some of those things, God's saying, look back at Jesus. Look back at the cross. I know the relationship hurt. I know that you lost your job. I know that you went through hell. I know that you're swimming and you're in a detour and you're trying to figure it out. I know that, but God's saying, look at Jesus. Look at the cross. A pastor told me weeks ago, I was going through something. He said, son, look at the cross. Stay at the cross. None of us have suffered sin like he did. None of us have resisted sin under bloodshed. The Bible says, look to Jesus. Some of you have been bitten by discouragement. I know I'm, I'm fired up today, but li listen, some of you I know have been bitten by such discouragement. And God's saying, look back at the cross. Look back at resurrection. Look back at what he did. Satan's trying to use discouragement to bite you with bitterness. And the answer for you right now, I'm telling you, my friend, is to look back to Jesus. Look back at him. You got to go around. You got to go around. You got to go around this season. What do I mean? Do you know why they had to go around Edom? They had just fought the Canaanites and they were a little bit worn out. God designed the delay to actually refresh them and restrengthen them and get them healed up. Some of you are in a delay and you're thinking it's, it's, it's punishment or grounding from God when it's actually designed to heal you. And they have to go around Edom because Edom was their brothers and sisters. Edom were the descendants of Esau. And when they went to Edom, Edom said, no, you can't go through. And so the Israelites got pissed off and they actually wanted to fight their way through Edom. They're like, we're going to fight. And Moses said, no, no, no. God said, I don't want you to fight your family to get to the promise. Some of you are heading into Christmas and this is a word for you right now. God sent me to give some of you a word today. You've got to stop fighting the thing you're so familiar with. because you can't fight it fair. It's not a fair fight. You're so familiar. It was family. They had to go around. There's something you're so familiar with. There's a fight. There's a sin. There's a habit. There's an addiction. There's an inclination. There's a bent that you're so familiar with. God's saying you can't fight it anymore. You have to flee from it actually and go around it this year. Yes. Don't bite into that political conversation like you do every year and get drugged down into the pits of that thing. Come on, you got to go around it. Don't bite into the unforgiveness of the past and the pain. You got to go around it to praise. Don't bite into the offense anymore. You actually go, got to go around it to healing and wholeness. You know who fought the Edomites and handled them? God did. He said, you go around, I'll handle the Edomites. Come on, God's saying to some of you this year, stop fighting the thing. You've been fighting it, but God's asking you to flee it. And the reason you keep falling is because you're fighting something you're supposed to flee. And I don't know if it's an attitude or a person or a habit or a tendency. Come on, there's going to be some DMs in your box this year that you need to flee. Yeah. Come on, somebody. There, there, there's going to be some guys and girls, some phone numbers. There's going to be some places and some parties that you need to go around. And, and, and I'm not saying that there's not a time to fight through something. 
But some of you wonder why you keep falling because God's saying flee and you keep fighting and it's time to go around it this year. You got to go around that hurt. I know they're going to bring that up again. I know they're going to say it to you. You know they're going to say it. You've got to choose forgiveness. Go around bitterness and choose forgiveness. Go back to the cross. Go back to Jesus. Go back to God. Go back to resurrection. Go back to power. Come on, stand to your feet with me. Let me pray for you. I've got a few minutes left with you. Come on. Somebody say, go around. Look at somebody say, I'm going around. I'm not fighting through. I'm going around. I believe that this is a word for somebody. I believe there's some things you've been so familiar with. That it's a season for God to fight it and you to flee it. I'm not talking about not standing up for your faith or standing up for Jesus. I'm talking about letting God handle the things you've been too familiar to fight. I promise you, some of you are going to go through this season into a new year. If you go around and let God handle it, you're going to be free like you've never been free before. I know God did some things in my heart in the last few months and some things that I kept fighting over and over and over. And God said, I need you to not fight that. Let me handle it. And I want you to go around it and I'll take care of it. And, and God did some beautiful things of healing. As I, I'm not saying run from the problem. I'm saying let God lead you through the detour that you need to go through. Come on, it might be a two-year detour. Come on, I had a two-year detour with some stuff. I had a two-year detour with some stuff. And, 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 and I got to the end of that detour, and God brought healing in a sunset, <laughs> the top of a mountain. I, I just... I don't know what detour, what delay you're in. It might be with a job. It might be with a dream. It might be with a relationship. It might be with a marriage. It might be with a, with a child. It could be with an addiction. And I just, I'm just really believing with you from, my, from your pastor's heart. I'm believing with you that, that God's going to handle it this year like never before. And that this Christmas season, you're not going to get drugged into that fight. You're actually going to flee some things and let God bring healing. Let me pray with you this morning. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you that we... Lord, we're so close to the promise so many, so many times. And sometimes you say, go the long route. <laughs> sometimes you say, go the detour. Sometimes you take us in, 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 it's not a straight line. And we're thankful for the zigzags. I know sometimes we're not. We're thankful for the rough roads. We're thankful for the, for the faith you've given to us to trust your word. We've got a friend at the top of this thing named Jesus. And we're going to keep driving this thing until we get there. But I pray, Lord, that anything that we need to flee today, we would flee and we would allow you to fight. If you're here this morning and you know that there's some things you've got to go around this season, you're heading into Christmas time, you're heading into family meetings, sometimes it's the hardest time of life to go back into the, the lion's den of family. Sometimes it's an amazing celebration. Sometimes it's so hard, it's the people that know you the best, love you the most, but also can get to you the best and the most. They know your weaknesses and strength. Some of you need courage not to fight that battle anymore. Just to, to let it go. And to actually choose Jesus this year. If that's you, no one looking around, I'm just going to ask you, would you put your hand to me and say, you know what, pray for me, Pastor. Just put your, slip your hand up. I need to go around some stuff this year. Come on, people all across this house, we're going into Christmas. If you'd be honest with me, honest with God, I want to pray for you. I'm going to go around. I need strength to go around. Father, you see every hand. You know every heart. Lord, right now I pray for strength, for fortitude, for tenacity, for the willpower and the self-control to, to go around when it would be easy to fight through like the past, when it'd be easy to pick up weapons against our family or against the things we're familiar with, when it'd be easier just to fight through, Lord, help us to flee and go around this year and let you do battle on our behalf. Lord, I, I pray against discouragement, bitterness, taking your grace for granted, anything that we might fight or face on a detour, I pray that you would settle the cause and we would add your word 
the water of life to every scenario we're in right now. If you're in this place, let me say this. Some of you got invited here today. Some of you, you might be here for the first time. Some of you have been coming for a long time, but you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. Let me, let me say this. When it comes to, to surrender, surrendering to Jesus, do you know the hardest thing to get around is yourself? The hardest thing for us to do is get around our own sins, think God is, is, is welcoming us, or to get around the thought of unworthiness, or to get around the thought of I blew it too bad, or I, I can't be forgiven for that. I know a lot of people, I, I did the unpardonable sin, I, I can't be forgiven, or I, I did too much, and I'm not clean enough, I'll just clean my own life up, and then come to God, I'll just surrender when I'm ready. And many of you can't get around your own mistakes and your own shortcomings to give your life to Jesus. And the whole point of Jesus is so that we could get around ourselves. We all have a mess. We all have mistakes. We all have fallen short, the Bible says. And the only way to get around that is to surrender to Jesus Christ. He died on a cross. He rose from the dead to give us his entire life so we could lose our entire life and all of our mistakes and failures and pick up his life. He wants to give you his life today. I'm not talking about surrendering to religion or, or rules or commandments. I'm talking about surrendering to a man named Jesus that lived perfectly and gave his life on a cross so that we could have true life. If you're here in this place this morning, I think this is your day. On three, I'm going to count, and I'm going to ask you to put your hand up on three. I'm not going to bring you forward or embarrass you, but if you're in this place, no one's going to be looking around. We're all in this together. And if you'd say, you know what? I need a fresh start with God. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if you would give your life to Jesus, just surrender to him as your Lord and your leader, just that simple, and believe that he is God, you get a fresh start in God. If you need a fresh start this morning, this is your day. I'm going to count to three. One, two, three. Just put your hand up to me right now. Come on, I need a fresh start. God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, sir. Come on, put it up high so I can pray for you. I need a fresh start in God. Pray for me, pastor. I need a fresh start this morning. God bless you, young man. God bless you, sir. Come on. God bless you, young lady. Come on, church. We're going around ourselves. We're going around to Jesus right now. I'm going to pray a prayer right now with you. There's no magic in the words. If you put your hand up and you need a fresh start, just pray the words from your heart. You can pray my words or your own words. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying on that tree for my sins, my, my shame, my guilt, my mess. Thank you for taking it all to the cross. I surrender myself to you today. You're my Lord and you're my leader. Thank you for raising from the dead to give me your heart and give me your life. I'll give you the rest of my life to bring you honor and glory. In Jesus' name, you're my God. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God praise. People all across this place saying yes to heaven. Yes to God. If you just put your hand up, that's the greatest decision you've ever made. You just ran around so many things and came to God. That's an awesome, awesome, awesome testimony.